The views and opinions expressed in the Hide and Seek podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views, positions, or opinions of the host or contributors. Hey everyone, this is Sarah. Most of you know me from the Hide and Seek podcast discussion group on Facebook. Do you enjoy the Hide and Seek podcast? Would you like to show your support? Head over to Apple iTunes, leave us a five-star review, and follow us so you never miss an episode. You can interact with us as well as share your thoughts, ideas, and theories on this season's episodes by joining the Hide and Seek Podcast Discussion Group. Find us by searching Hide and Seek Podcast Discussion Group on Facebook. The following podcast may contain strong language and is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Sweet dreams are made of this. 24-Hour News Aid's Brady Gillum went to Sturgis tonight to speak with the missing woman's mother about what may have happened to her daughter. I can tell you where she most likely is. I hadn't seen anybody that I felt comfortable saying anything to until today. The stories they tell are pretty fucked. They're pretty freaking gruesome. I kept all the text messages, Facebook messages, the messages between me and Brittany. I have all of them. I have everything. I told him, I said, I'll kill all them motherfuckers. And I was going to have my people fucking take care of it. I'll just say Brittany's name out of nowhere just to see what somebody says. Because this little town around here would be hard to hide something like that. Because eventually everything comes out. To me, some days I don't believe anything happened to her. I think she just left. This is Hide and Seek, Season 3. I'm your host, James Basinger. Hey guys. In last week's episode, we wrapped up the conversation with Sheldon. I want to share some of my thoughts from the interview. Hearing the dynamics of Brittany and Sheldon's relationship really cleared up why he reacted the way he did to the situation. I also questioned how law enforcement was able to connect Sheldon to the car since it was registered in his aunt's name. Sheldon cleared this up when he told me that law enforcement had actually contacted his aunt prior to contacting him. She provided Sheldon's phone number and they obtained his address from a piece of his mail left in the car. Next, law enforcement arrived at Sheldon's fairly quickly. They were able to get a visual on him, Bowman, and Thor. Seeing that none of the three had any signs of a physical altercation, evidence of having been in an accident, or having any other physical signs you would expect to see had they been involved in going after Brittany. This really helped to back up Sheldon's story, and in my opinion, this solidified Sheldon's version of his events. Let's also remember that Sheldon willingly turned his phone over to law enforcement. This isn't something that you would normally do if you're guilty of a crime. We hear Sheldon tell us that he sat down and talked to Vicky, Brittany's grandmother, on his own. We also hear Sheldon talk about Brittany and Cage having been at his house to hang out on at least one occasion. This tells me that Sheldon was not the crazed, jealous type. And lastly, it leaves an impression on me 
that Sheldon very quickly decides to discontinue his communication with Ashley and Eric. His reasoning? They made him uncomfortable. And as for Jessica's involvement with Sheldon, I asked her about this. Going over to Sheldon's house because you guys make contact. And then when you're there, who's at Sheldon's house? His little girl. I don't think anyone else was there. So you took the books. Did you take anything else? No, not that time. Nope. When you got there, what's the conversation like between you and Sheldon? Does he bring it up? Does he talk about it? Do you guys discuss? No. I honestly, James, it was a really quick, um, he had me the books. He did tell me that I was like, why, why are you so adamant that I, you know, he was very aggressive about me getting the books. He wanted me to have them, you know, like, I don't know if aggressive is the word, but he's very adamant about me getting these, these notebooks. I didn't really know why he, he could have taken to the police station himself. I mean, I'm glad that he did, you know, I'm glad, but why wouldn't he just take him up to the police station himself? You know what I'm saying? He tells me that Eric wanted those notebooks badly and was threatening to beat him up or whatever. Alarms are going off in my mind. Like, why does he want my daughter's passwords who's missing? No, is that yes, crossing? I definitely was thinking about that, but more so right then and there at that moment. My daughter, we just found out I was missing. So I took those net notebooks. I, when I looked at them, James, I thought to myself, shit, they're going to find my daughter quick, you know, easy with this. They have everything they need. Everything. What do you do with those books from the moment you leave the house? I got my car and I screenshotted almost every single, every single page I felt important, you know? And then I handed them all over to, I took them straight to the station. So who did you hand them over to? Do you know the name of the officer? No, I went in, um, I went in and they have a, a button window you can't see through, you know, and I just told them what I was there for. I said, I'm Brittany Shank's mom. I have some notebooks that might help you guys find her. I sat there for literally an hour and a half, two hours waiting on a, the road cop to come off. When he came in, he goes, Brittany? And I said, no, I'm her mother. He said, you have some ID on you? And I said, well, it's out in the car. Well, do you mind going to get it? He was kind of a jerk about it. He really was. So I got up, you know, and I walking outside to go get it. He's walking like side by side with me. On December 9th, the day after Brittany is officially reported missing, Jessica makes contact with Sheldon. She asks him about getting anything belonging to Brittany that may help law enforcement in their investigation. Considering the missing person report had just been filed the day before, Jessica is ahead of things. She makes it to Sheldon's on the evening of December 9th and takes Brittany's notebooks and a basket of personal items. Jessica claims her next stop is the sheriff's department, where she waits for 90 minutes to two hours for a road sergeant to arrive and accept the notebooks. Jessica tells me she goes from the sheriff's office to meet up with Eric and Ashley. Jessica claims that Eric indicated he had something to give her. He says... He has a ticket to give Jessica from the vehicle of another person. From the police station, then you meet up with Eric and Ashley at some point that day? That night, yep. That night. Right after the police station. But real quick, how does it come into play that you meet with Ashley and Eric? Who, how does that work? Over this stupid ticket that Eric said he has. Eric said that he has this ticket from Chris Giddens' car, and it had blood on it. And apparently they stole it out of Chris's car. And they said that Chris was involved in, in Chris's car, at least was involved in, with Brittany. 
So, of course, I'm going to talk to Eric anyways because Eric is technically my daughter's husband. Of course, I contacted him. I probably contacted him first. That night, after the police station, he wants to tell me about this ticket. He wants to show me this ticket. And I was trying to get the ticket from him, you know, give it to the police. Because if it's got this blood on it, well, maybe it was Brittany. So I was going to take it and let them do it too. They actually ended up, um, he did not have the ticket with him or whatever excuse he made. But after that, Bingaman was waiting for Eric. He said, can, can you get Eric here with that with that receipt or that ticket? And I said, I'll try. So I talked to Eric. Him and Ashley pulled up. I walked, I walked up to the vehicle, gave it to the officer. I don't know what ever even came out of that. You go back to Sheldon's house? And you said the you, you went, time, yeah. the second time and the second time you go for what reason? How long has, how much time has gone by since the first visit? Probably a few days. Um, I went back to get, and I don't remember exactly, but I'm sure it was, it was no more than a few days. Cause I wanted to have her stuff, I, whatever he had left of hers, which was really odd because he didn't have a lot. Like her clothes and things were not there. Just only that basket of clothes. That was her, like her panties and socks like she just got new ones you know and they were that's what was in there and a couple shirts of his but other than that like it was all paper trail when you go back what's your interaction like from the beginning to the very end do you remember how it all went yeah that's when i kind of talked to sheldon a little bit more in depth about what happened prior to her leaving with his car i was kind of surprised that sheldon wasn't with her because she's got his car um he's got you know her stuff like kind of packed up it's just it was like a basket full of stuff on top of the on top of the basket of clothes. I asked him, you know, where her other stuff was. He said he didn't know. He I didn't question him about like what was going on, you know, between them, like what before she left. He said that that's when he told me that she caught him with some Adderall. And he had been on her about the dope, the meth. So, you know, he said he didn't he didn't really argue with her about it. He didn't really know what to say because she was right. He told me that she dyed her hair that morning. That she was like a bluish black color, you know, that's just what she dyed it to. And she's done that hair color a lot. I love it. You know, she knows I did it too. I love it color. So it was not, nothing abnormal. There's been some confusion over the color of Brittany's hair at the time of her disappearance. Here's what I know. Shudden tells me that she dyes her hair blue-black on the morning of the 30th. Sometime after she takes her last selfie and post it to Facebook. Eventually, you decide to go out to the car, and it's assuming daytime? Yeah. And if this is two days later, a couple days later, we're going to say if it's it was the 8th on Saturday, maybe it's Monday, Tuesday, which is about now the 10th. Yeah, it's, it's definitely somewhere in between there. I may be a little off, but I, I don't. Okay. I know it was just real right in that, that, that you, time. You'll open the car to look at the stuff inside and describe what you right. see. He tells me that her purse was in there and that it was scattered all over and I could go ahead and get out whatever I needed to out of there that was hers. Was it already cleaned up by the time you got inside the car? It was everywhere. There was something of hers on every side of the car. Any, any pictures? Nope. So her purse and all the items and we're talking about maybe what, like makeup, lip gloss change what the lady that adopted my granddaughters had made Brittany these lockets of their first haircut and these little glass mason jars mm-hmm. these little bitty ones and made a necklace out of it Brittany never took that off and Darianne will tell you the same thing 
unless she took a shower. That necklace was on the floorboard of the car in the back seat. Passenger or driver? Driver. Not harmed at all. I would tend to lean towards the side of maybe, I mean, I'm not saying that, obviously the scene looks like there's some sort of scuffle, but if she's wearing it, that's ripped off. Unless, could it be taken off or is it, I mean, was it, you know what I'm saying? Like, could someone easily go like that? No, you had a class fit. Okay. You're in the car, it's a a mess, but you don't see see anything anywhere that's going to stick out to you, right? Nope, just the spotlight was a little weird, but... And honestly, James, it wasn't really like the car wasn't like messy per se. It was just like a, a woman's purse, like just got thrown in a car. You know what I'm saying? And it went everywhere. That's what it looked like. And, and he, then, had the, he had those cl- the clothes from the laundry was in the trunk of the car. That's where he pulled them from. Was it still in the truck or was it inside the house? I think you said it was inside the house. Now. It was in the trunk. It was in the, in the trunk. But listen, I, I, a basket of like, so just so we on the same page. A basket of stuff of Brittany's belongings came out of the house. The basket of laundry came out of the trunk. I mean, were they damp or were they just cold? They were damp and they smelled amazing. They smelled just like her. And I remember that so, so well. Grandma had said, too, that the man was rushing Brittany so much that she didn't get to dry the clothes completely. So that she did say after I found the clothes like that, too, that they were damp. The other thing is, is when you went to Sheldon's the second time, you looked in the car, does he ever mention, you got to be clear about this, but does he ever mention anything else more about Eric or Ashley? No, he avoids me, really, James. But but during your time, during that visit, when you're in the trunk and you got, does he talk about Ashley or Eric at all anymore to you? He went in the house the entire time. You got the basket out for me? He went inside. Did you go inside? He never bothered me. Yeah, I went inside to get the to get the stuff, the rest of her stuff. You don't remember following up with him why Eric wanted the books? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely. I mean that that was that was already mentioned the first night. I asked him about that. You know, he's like, I don't know. Oops, he said, I don't know why he wanted them. It, it never really hit me until I thought maybe Eric was trying to help at first. Okay, when he's asking for these books, but then. Detective Heads asked me about the, the notebooks. I said, well, you guys have all the notebooks there, all the information there, all of our passwords are there, everything is there. I'm like, what is the problem? Because somebody changed all the passwords. None of the passwords matched anything. So somebody had already changed them. Ashley claims that they were changed three days prior to her trying to get into the account. If she did that on 11-28 and she goes missing on 11-30... Mm-hmm. When, oh, I gotta go back and look. When did... Oh, that doesn't make sense. Alright, I gotta watch... I gotta, I, gotta, I gotta go back and listen to an interview real quick. It seems like Sheldon is caught in the middle here. Torn between Ashley, Eric, Jessica, and law enforcement. Being pulled in different directions. While still trying to process that his girlfriend is missing. At the end of the day... The level of suspicion I have for Sheldon, honestly, is extremely low. It's 2 a.m., and I find myself in a very familiar place. I'm standing in front of my suspect board, 
with a glass of Whistlepig in one hand. Pictures are lined up from one end of the board to the other. In the middle, though, it's Sheldon. I unpin his picture and move it to the side. I move a different picture of someone else to the center. And you go by Cage, you go by Daniel? Daniel, Cage. Okay. Um, There's no doubt Cage and Brittany's relationship was rocky. I would even call it toxic. In episode three, we heard that Brittany expressed fear of Daniel to a family friend named Brenda. Here's Jessica speaking about the same topic. Any thoughts and opinions on Daniel, a.k.a. Cage? Brittany did say, she told my one of my very good friends, Brenda, that um, if anything ever happens to her, that Daniel did it. That's what she told her. That's what she told Brenda. To her to what? That Daniel did it. When did she say that? <laughs> Days prior before she came up missing. The time she was just with Brenda about a week before um, she went missing. That's what she told Brenda. Brenda. That Brenda told me if she said if, if I ever come up missing, if, I, if anything ever happens to me, Daniel did it. That's pretty. <laughs> I know. Damn it. I mean, to, to say that days before you go missing. So I called Daniel up. He was in Florida. He said he was in Florida. Everyone else says no, he wasn't. When you say I called Daniel up, when did this happen? When we found out Brittany was missing. So shortly after you called. Yes, like uh, on the eighth of December, I called Daniel. I said. Brittany's missing. Can you come help find her? I don't know. He's in Florida. He said, oh, I'm in Florida. It'll take me a while to get up there. Da, da, da. Why should I do that anyways? You know, she's, you know, he's all butthurt about her and him splitting, whatever. I said, well, I think that if anybody can find her, you'd help, you, you could find her. You know, you, you, you know, you're, you're with her for a long time. You know, he helped me find her. He was like, um. At this point in time, when you are asking him this question, do you know what Brenda? No, I didn't know. This is two people who mentioned Brittany being concerned about Daniel harming her. This is something I want to speak directly to Cage about. So where I want to kind of go, kind of rewind, go back to the beginning between you and Britt, when, when did you guys meet and when, when did you guys start dating? Probably October 2016. Of 2000 what? 16. So had you guys had a relationship where it was kind of off and on? Tell me no, she left, me six, she left me six times in two years, man. Once, twice, for landlord. She left you six times in two years? Uh-huh. Yeah, I was stupid and took her back every time. She went as far as driving to Tennessee to pick her up from some other dude. And you just always just kind of take her back? I mean, it was... Is oh, that, yeah. Do you probably know and you're familiar with Ashley Marie and her involvement with yep. the case? Uh-huh. One of the things that I was told about your guys' relationship that between you and Brett... I don't know if you want to call it the most healthiest or the most, you know, if it ever got physical between the two of you. Her relationship was toxic. Loved her and I fucked with her, but I can't never trust her, you know what I mean? But no, we never got physical. I mean, she would my ass a couple times, but that's typical. There were two individuals that told me specifically, they said, before Brittany went missing, if anything happens to me, Daniel did it. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm sure you've heard that before. Oh, yeah. Do you have a, a response to that, a comment to that? For a girl who goes missing, of course, I'm going to come to you and say, like, what, what was that about? Why do you think she said that? You know what I'm saying? Dude, I have no idea what goes on through her brain, bro. <laughs> During this, once you went missing, where were you at? Uh, Gainesville, Florida. I left August 26th. I didn't come back until December 19th. 
And you left August? Oh, you know, October, my bad. I left oh. in October because we broke up August 25th or 26th. And then I went to a, a Halloween party at Nikki's. And then after the Halloween party, I stole some money from my mom, and I did. Okay, so you guys broke up in August. And I left in October. Yeah. Left in October. I think I heard something like about you. You moved it. You moved down there with like a nurse or something like that. Is that right? Or who did you go move with? Uh, my boy. Clearing Cage should be relatively simple. He says he was in Florida when Brittany disappears. He makes a Facebook post on November 30th at 5:29 p.m. If I come to visit, who's picking me up from the airport? Interesting that someone had the foresight to screenshot this post before it was deleted. If Cage hopped on a plane at that very moment, how likely is it that he could make it back to Sturgis by the time of the first 911 call at 8.51 p.m.? I'm certainly not ready to entertain the thought that Cage was midair while posting with the intentions of harming Brittany. I'm going to ask Sarah to fact check this for us. Since Eric won't talk, I know Cage has a decent understanding of what Brittany was dealing with in her social life and, and the people she interacted with in her addiction. I want to spend some time talking with Cage to, to better understand all of this. When you guys broke up in August, were you guys still seeing each other though, or hanging out, or hooking no, up? Or nope. No, I told her to go fuck herself. She lived with her grandma. Kicked out of my recovery room at like one o'clock in the morning. In August? Yep. And so you hadn't seen Brit since then, then? Was that the last time you talked? No, I, I haven't seen her since August. Really? Yeah. Not even so much as a fucking a phone call. I mean, I, we talked to her on the phone, like a sex and shit, but to actually physically see her, not since August. Cage is doubling down on not having any involvement. He said he hasn't seen her since August 2018 when he broke up with her. He acknowledges the two remain in contact, but it's by phone. Considering that Ashley claims to be one of Britney's closest friends, I wanted to know what Cage knew about Ashley. When did you first meet Ashley? I've known Ashley since 2013, 2014. Yeah, I used to sell a Is Pocket your boy? Is he like one of your good friends? No, I don't know, dude. I know Eric texted me from his uh, Facebook page pretending to be somebody else, and I was like, well, this, who the fuck is he? He's like, oh, I'm just playing this is Eric. So Eric had his uh, uh, Facebook page. Eric Shank? Yeah. Had whose Facebook page? Probably. Because Eric was trying to hit me up for some dope, but Eric knows if he hits me from his Facebook, I wouldn't give it to him because Eric was trying to stay clean. And I fuck with Eric. Like, I like Eric, you know what I mean? So he knew if he texted me wanting drugs from his phone, I, w- I wouldn't respond to it. He texted me from that dude's number or whatever. It was that dude's Facebook. Because that dude was in jail. Yeah, yeah, because he got arrested. So that's interesting. Why is, why? So Eric, I understand that he doesn't, but like eventually he's going to have to make the transaction. He's going to have to interact with you. And he, and, and, right. you know what I'm saying? Like, so why did he go? No idea. Eventually, once I told him I wasn't going to do it, because I didn't, I didn't know dude. And like, I'm, I'm skeptic as it is. I mean, I got, I got my first dope case in January 2019. You know what I mean? He started texting me from dude's Facebook because I wouldn't tell him anything. And then next thing I know, he get that dude, whatever the fuck his name is. He didn't go by his name. He went by something else. Pocket. Pocket, yeah. He went by Pocket. I was like, look, this is all sketchy, bro. I said, I'm, I'm not going to fuck with you either. And then Ashley hit me up. I was like, hey, let me get something. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, I just, I just deal with Ashley. 
Uh, when you, when is this all happening? Before Brittany went missing, after she went missing, shortly after? I mean... It's going to be shortly after. Okay. If you're confused at what Cage is saying, allow me to explain. Cage says that he was contacted on Facebook by Eric, portraying to be Pocket, Ash's ex-boyfriend, who was arrested on November 29th, a day before Brittany goes missing. Cage didn't know Pocket and is skittish about how Pocket's approaching him. So he says no to Pocket, then Ashley hits up Cage and Cage sells to Ashley. Cage wouldn't sell to Eric because Eric was trying to get clean. What I find most interesting is how Eric gained access to Pocket's account. I'm starting to see a trend here. I wonder if this phone that Eric is using is the same phone that Ashley let Josh and Pocket both borrow from her. Do you know how Brittany and Ashley met? Me? Do you remember what that interaction was like where you got some... She went behind my back and I wasn't selling any drugs. I quit selling to Brittany and I wouldn't sell to Eric. And she couldn't go to... She couldn't go to anybody to get shit. So she knew I was still fucking with Ashley. So she went behind my back, moved in with Ashley, and then whenever I got shit to Ashley, she would get it to Brittany. And then Ashley, then Brittany started going through Ashley to get shit. Was Ashley a big drug dealer? Because I was told she was also known as Panda, I guess. Man, she do enough to get high and make a couple bucks, but she ain't shit. <laughs> and she was working at some GameStop or some stupid shit, some, some, some desk job. Anything ever happened between you and Ashley, like physically? No, no. I used to, I used to be her bodyguard because she got into a bunch of stupid shit. I used to sit at her house and kind of like babysit and shit. That's how I met Ashley. Ashley's looking for some sort of security. When does this happen? And because you meet Ashley in when she, when she married my brother Josh Riley. Like not not my brother, but I mean he might as well be. You know what I'm saying? And she was worried about him, but she wouldn't. That, that dude wouldn't have to fly. You know what I mean? You know, a little high-ass, blowing shit out of proportion, whatever. She was just worried about him, so... And then she was worried about Eric for a while, too. And then eventually, her and Eric started fucking. And that, that whatever, some other Mexican dude, I don't know. But he didn't come in out of the picture. Nobody. I mean, I didn't I didn't have to shoot anybody when I was there, so... There was no sweat off my balls, just kind of being there. I just kind of trapped out of her place for a little bit. Eric, was he around when you were at Ashley's? No, he, he didn't start going around there until, like, Ashley, or until Brittany started hanging out there. And all of a sudden, like I said, Shank and Ashley started hanging out. But they didn't start hanging out until after Brittany disappeared, as far as I know. I mean, kicking it with it, like kicking it, kicking it, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I don't remember Eric even being over there. But when she started fucking with Brittany, and I knew Brittany was over there, I quit fucking with Ashley. You have one minute left. Can you call me back? Yeah, I got you. All right, but... Or to the equation. Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, hold on. Yep. What I'm trying to figure out, when did Ashley meet Brittany for the first time? Because what I was told from uh, Ashley it, was... Not, the exact time, I'm not really not sure. But I left there in August. The reason I left there in August was because she knew I was, uh, I was slinging dope. And I couldn't read up until 9 o'clock in the morning. But I knew Ashley still had some because I sold her like a ball the night before. And the reason I left her was because Ashley or fucking Brittany was hounding my ass at like one o'clock in the morning to get up and go see Ashley to buy her like a quarter gram. I'm like, look, but I'm about to re-up in the morning. 
Like, I'm about to go get a, like a quarter pound or something like that. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm not worried about a little punk-ass quarter gram. Yeah. And she's like, well, I'm trying to get hot. Duh, 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 duh. It would have been right on that same time. I think I introduced her to, would have been August. I'm going to say March, April, or May, I'm assuming. I think we met at the bar. When I met Ashley, I had Brittany with me. I had a picture of it in my phone. She was wearing my hoodie, and I introduced them to at a bar. would have been, I had to be March, April, or May, like 2018. Again, you know Ashley, but primarily because you sell to her. Yeah, I know Ashley. So we're on the same page. Cage and Brittany break up around sometime in August. Reason being... Cage isn't happy that Brittany wants him to go pick up dope at early hours and just isn't feeling the relationship. Something you should know about this breakup, even though Cage was frustrated with Brittany's request, he contacts Ashley to score some dope. And I can confirm that this occurrence is when Ashley says, I'd gone down to Mishwaka to pick up, and I was on my way back. Daniel messaged me, or Britt messaged me, one of the two, needing some. I said, that's fine, but I have a big delivery to make, so I'll send my live location, watch me, meet me at my place, because i got to be quick. Sure as shit, I pull in, and Daniel's right there. He comes upstairs, and I remember he was trying to talk to me about them. And I'm busy, weighing up, bagging up, trying to get my runner his orders, and he's telling me about him and Britt, and the tr- I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be rude, but kind of business-minded here. Plus, I love you both. I don't want in the middle of it. But he had said something to the effect of him having to come out so late because she couldn't go without, and they were having issues because she couldn't put it down or some shit. Like he would, the way he was making it sound was, she's a bad guy. Since Cage and Brittany are over, Ashley steps in as Brittany's drug supplier. Cage says, So she knew I was still fucking with Ashley, so she went behind my back, moved in with Ashley, and then whenever I got shit to Ashley, she would get it to Brittany. And then Ashley, then Brittany started going through Ashley to get shit. I've been told from Ashley that Brittany and Eric were hanging out at her house constantly, like like for months. How is that possible if Eric's been in prison or in county? That's, see, that's the thing, too. I don't think they started hanging out until after Brittany went prison. Him, Eric, oh, that's another thing. Uh, Eric Keesling, she was worried about Keesling coming to her crib. And that was, around the, that was around the same time that I came back, too, to fucking do some more bodyguard for her because she was worried about Keesling and somebody trying to give her a hot shot. And Eric took it. Eric almost died or some stupid shit. But somebody was trying to kill Ashley. And then she's just a crackhead, bro. I don't think she's got anything to do with anything, bro. Like, so there's a lot of shit you don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of shit you don't know. I mean, mention some of it. I mean, I, I've... I'm pretty deep into it, I think. I've talked to... Do you know where her cell phone is and her debit card is? Where it's physically at right now? Yeah. No. Where's it at? <laughs> Where's it at? I do know, like, there's there's like, there's like a couple more parties that you and your day, like, you're missing, you know, on one. And you, you don't even know the dude that was in the passenger seat either with the, the, the 5A red hair report job, too. You don't know who he is either. The description of the guy that at grandma's house? Yeah. Do you? <laughs> I told you, man, the last time you don't know about. Cage enjoys this. Whether he's telling the truth or not, I'll play along. I mean, I would love to go confront him. <laughs> well, he's always in and out of jail, too. 
Who is it? I found, I found that out by accident because I was walking up with him and I was looking across the mirror from him. I'm like, well, I used to work with you. He's like, yeah, I used to work with you too. What did I work with you? I was like, I was a welder and you were a fucking port truck driver. He's like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I almost beat your motherfucking ass because you were talking, talking to my girl, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Well, he couldn't find out. He's like, bro, all she did was talk shit about you. Like, from another blah, blah, blah. Like, he's the dude that lived in Bronson. He's the dude that lived back in Bronson. His name's Shefton. He... I guarantee you can tell that picture to your grandma. But what did he say that made you... I just, two and two, I guess. My own little instincts of him. I mean, I know dude. I know he's always on some fuck shit. I know he he's always down to make a buck. You know what I mean? And none of his shit's legit. You know what I mean? It's never good. So I figure if he got anything to her, he got anything out, it'd have been, it'd have been all no good. But I know that he was, I know he was trying because he kept hitting me up, asking me if I knew him because I, I quit selling dope for a while. Why well, didn't I quit selling little shit? Like I don't do little bags. And Chester was always like, "Hey man, you know if you know anybody that I could get rid of some shit to you, I'm like, well, I'll put your number out, bro." I said, "But you know that, that's up to them." One of the people I gave her number to would have been Ashley. And Ashley is one of the people, like, if I'm not going to sell it to her, you know what I mean? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a prodigy, and if she's not going to sell it to her, then somebody's going to sell it to her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So she's going to contact him, and I'm thinking about how them, how them two met. But. Did Ashley have runners for her? Huh? She calls them runners, I guess. Like, like people, I guess, who deliver her shit? No, she ain't that fucking... She's not that big yet. I mean, she'd have, she would, she'd have, like, somebody make a deal for her and shit, but, dude, she'd snort a fucking hot reel ball a day in one shot, dude. She, her, her brain's fucking fried. You, 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 took, you put a blindfold in that girl, spin her on about three times, and ask her what day it is, she'll probably take 1600 or something. You guys broke up in August, and... Yeah. But before that, were you off, were you selling her drugs? No, no, we were just getting out together. When... I think that's where, you know, it kind of fucked up a little bit, because... I only snort I, I mean, I snort dope, Adderall, cocaine, ecstasy, you know what I mean? But she would only snort Adderall and dope, but I wouldn't let her smoke. I wouldn't let her shoot. I don't do, I don't deal with shooters. Not all. Not a, not even a little bit. But that's what she was going through Eric with, because Eric's the only person that would get her high. Like, shooting rubber shit. Ashley says that you and her were in a text conversation about Brittany. Brittany saw the text conversation between you and Ashley, so she confronts Ashley. And Ashley's like, no, none of that shit's true. And oh, yeah, no, I showed her the text. Yeah, that was me and, that was me and Ashley texting back and forth because me and Brittany broke up. So I was trying to fuck Ashley, but she wound up showing Ashley the text, and that's when they started, I mean, apparently, I'm thinking that's when they started fucking being friends with each other, you know what I mean? Right after that, me and Ashley quit talking because I find out her and Brittany are talking and hanging out. Day after day, like a day or so after I kicked her out of the hotel room, she moved back in with her grandma. And then, like I said, her and Ashley started talking. Then she next day I know she moved into Ashley, and I quit fucking with both. You and Britt break up. You kick her out. You shoot your shot with I, I, Ashley? I, yeah, I made a little little song pass. Like, I told her, I was like, hey, if you get bored, you want to come cuddle, what's up? Yeah, yeah, That was after you broke up with Britt? Yeah, after I broke up with Brittany. Brittany gets pissed off about it, and they become, like, this new friendship. Ashley, and then right. whatever. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, you know more about that than I do. After they become friends, and you kind of, or they they call you out on, I guess, or whatever. Ashley, however, however she phrases it, they called mm-hmm. your bluff. Brittany came by and looked at the phone or whatever. No, she went to make a phone call, and I gave her my phone. Just she asked me why I was texting Ashley, and then she texted Ashley, and Ashley, my, Ashley must have told her. Okay. I, mean, I don't really care, but. 
it wasn't until after that you and Britt broke up that you made that pass on Ashley? No, it was like right afterwards. As soon as I kicked Brittany out of the hotel room, I mean, I, I just seen Ashley the night before to get that little quarter gram. And I was talking and I was bullshitting with her and, da, 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 and she had her hair all done. She was, looking, she was looking good, you know what I mean? And then I went back to the hotel room and I gave Ashley there, I gave Brittany the dope. I went to sleep, she got high, stayed up. And then I woke up like, I don't know, eight, nine o'clock, called my dude, did my little re-up, walked in. I said, look, you gotta go. And she's like, why? I was like, because you're just, you're feeling out right now. Like, you're really just starting to piss me off. I said, I, gotta, I just got to throw you out of my life. I'm going to throw you out of window. I said, you got to go. So after I kicked her out, she went to her grandma's house. And then I texted Ashley. It's like, hey, whoop de whoop whoop If you need anything, let me know, blah, blah, blah. She's like, all right, I'll get you up later. And I was like, all right, cool. Hit me, hit me up, can I cuddle two later or something like that? And I don't even remember what she said, but that was like one of the last things I said to her. And then that was pretty much a while for Ashley. What about, you mentioned the debit card. Who has the, who has her debit card? I mean, it's in Indiana. It, it's a long story. It's, I mean, it's kind of hard to, one of the debit cards was used in the Marathon gas station. That's shortly after she went missing. And then there was a fucking another issue about Ashley deleting all the shit from Facebook. And then they actually gave the laptop to Gayheart, and Gayheart gave it to Valerie Mettler, and Valerie Mettler is the one who has the debit card, the cell phone, and whatever. They can you have one minute left. That goes so quickly. Damn it. Uh, are you good? No, I'm, I'm good, but I ain't got nothing else to do, man. Okay, but I'll be on. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what you know, you know what I mean? And what you think you know, anyway. All You were mentioning something about the debit card and the gas station, the marathon gas station. Am I hearing that right? Did you say that? Or no, that Kimberly did. Kimberly Stem used her debit card. How do we know that? Shit, that I know. I'm the ex, dude. You know I mean, you, you know me, but I mean, you, you know of me. You don't, you don't know I look like any, anything. You don't know my history. I mean, my history runs deep with these people. I mean, I know a lot of shit that you, you will never find out. You know what I mean? Unless somebody tells you, like. Let's go back, though, to the phone and debit card. Do we know? Ashley lived at Valerie Miller's house. Kimberly Stim Patterson lived at Val Miller's house. That's how they met. Kim, she's the, she's the cop, dude. She's the police. She's a, she's a snitch, fucking straight-up rat bitch. And Ashley was living there and didn't know shit about computers and da-da-da-da. Valerie helped her and this, that, and the other. Well... Kim was the one who told me that she used the debit card. Kim was going to hand me the debit card. She was going to tell me a bunch of shit, but I didn't have time to, to learn anything. But I do know that the, the debit card and the cell phone are both at Val's house. That I know. At Val's house? Yep. Val Miller went through and actually they went through and fucking destroyed Brittany's Facebook. Even accepted, like, I had the acceptance. I, I sent Brittany after she went missing sent her a friend's request. It was accepted sometime in January, February of 2019. How are you going to accept my friend's, my friend's request? Ashley was playing on her Facebook. How sure are you that happened, though, in January of 2019? I'm, whenever, I'm just thinking about when she accepted my friend's request on Brittany's Facebook. Yeah. That's when they were I'm, I, I just roughly... I just know after after she went missing, she accepted my friend's request. Yeah. I know that. Why would she do that? Like, Why, why would Ashley do that? That part I don't know. And do you think the stuff is still there at Valerie's house? I mean, it's a good possibility it is. She's not going to get rid of it because she wants to make sure that if she ever gets into a fucking 
a bind. Yeah. She could use it. And one of the cell phone pictures she took, I have a picture of her cell phone. It looked like a, a Samsung J9 or some stupid shit, whatever she had. But I, I don't know what kind of cell phone she had. I just know that Kimberly told me that she had the cell phone and the debit card in Valerie Metler's lockbox. Do you think Kimberly or Val would talk? Yeah, definitely not. Cage said the phone and debit card are at Valerie's. Also mentioned, a transaction taking place on Britney's debit card account at the Marathon gas station, which is right next to Walmart. And the fastest route from the gas station to Grandma's takes approximately 11 minutes. Cage continued telling me more about the stories and theories that he's heard. It was a big old fiasco about a bunch of shit. Like I said, there's still a lot of shit you don't even know about. He's like, here comes the glass house, and I was like, no, I heard about it. He's like, bro, I went down there, man. He's like, I went there with a homeboy. He said, I walked in the basement and turned this corner and it had fucking plastic everywhere. He said, it smelled like fucking death down here, dude. And he was talking about how fucking some dude, some big dude, took her over there and put her in the dog cage and some dude named ripped her fucking teeth out and set her on fire and it was another chick and some other chick and her boyfriend got into it and he set her on fire and that's where got the idea from and I mean whatever I can help you with I'll help you with but I said there's just some there's just some stuff you don't know you know what I mean questions I've, I've been trying to figure out is why didn't they just use the vehicle if the vehicle everybody says there was no damage to it, it wasn't there was like a little tree and as much as that that's very because true, they pulled up when they spun, when they spun her out they pulled it behind her she couldn't pull out so then how did she get to John's house I don't know took off running she abandons the vehicle, but you think someone's like right behind her? Yep, that's what I heard. And it would have been a, would have been a, a, a black Tahoe. Do you remember who told you about it was a black Tahoe? Kimberly did. She told me a bunch of little stupid shit, but she was supposed to tell me everything. But like I said, she never got a chance to come to jail. Well, I'm trying to understand the relationship between Ashley and and Brittany. But were like, in your opinion, were they actually close friends? No, Brittany just needed a place to stay. Ashley just used the opportunity as money. Didn't you go back around Ashley's and Eric started arriving after Brittany had went missing? Yeah, afterwards. You're... I thought working security for her again. And so you guys are back on good terms. Like you're not. I mean, you're friends with her, obviously, and you're kind of, kind of. I'm pretty much there so she could sleep. Okay. When she's awake, I'm not there. Eric's Eric was always over there. When did you start working security for Ashley? Do you remember? Was it before Brittany went missing or after? Probably well, a little bit, a little bit before when she had a problem with Pocket and some other Mexican dude, and then couldn't Brittany have been before, wasn't, right? Brittany because wasn't, you were down. It was just one of the times when me and Brittany were split up because it couldn't have been before. Even then, Brittany wasn't going. Brittany still wasn't going over there with me. And then when me and Brittany started getting back together, I quit fucking with Ashley just just to fuck with her. You know what I mean? After Brittany disappeared, I did security for her for just like about a month or so, and then again I quit fucking with her. And Eric was always over there, in your opinion, like from what you remember. Yeah, always over there. Do you remember them being like an open about their relationship? I mean, Eric Malcolm over. He was either sleeping or in the bed, had to make it sleep. I always make, I always make jokes at him, like, "Damn, why she let you hit it, but she wouldn't let me hit it." <laughs> Have you ever suspected Eric? Eric's not a tough guy, man. I doubt it. I do ain't got a harmful bone in his body, man. Dude, he went from just being a junkie. I mean, he was a hard ass. Me, me and Eric used to be good friends. Like, come to my house and party every weekend, but that dude's not tough. I mean, I had one issue with him 
after me and Brittany broke up one time, he was, she was giving him divorce papers and he didn't like it and pulled the knife on me, but <laughs> I pulled my car in front of his and his motherfucker jumped the curb in front of Applebee's to get away from me. <laughs> yeah, he, he's not tough. He's got his toughest baby shit. Sheldon, I mean, have you ever suspected? I mean, obviously, she says on the phone call. I mean, that dude, that dude's soft, too, man. When we came to the police station, he had a police escort him in the building and out the building because I was there. Why was he he afraid of you? I know, I was going to smash him. The reason I came back from Florida the first time was to smash Sheldon. Because you thought he was responsible. It wasn't to come back and look for Brittany. I literally drove 19 hours straight back here to put my hands on Sheldon. Because you thought he was responsible? I don't know what he thought, but... But but like why did you want why did you want to fight why did you want to fight with him then? Just because he's got a mouth. I didn't like the way he was talking on Facebook. Because I smacked his boy in the face with a with a pool stick, and then started talking out the side of his neck, and then that's when I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna come back and smash you both. Fuck it. I wrapped up my interview with Cage, and as soon as I end the call, Sarah and I debrief. I'm so confused right now. I mean, there's so much, like, this way, that way, like, this person played in it, that person played in it. I think you should reach out to Kim and Valerie. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Oh! This is the one! This is the girl's account who I got her nude pics that Ashley sent me. Oh, wait, who? Kimberly Stim. Oh, Ashley had her nude pictures. Yeah. Ashley had her account. Ashley well, sent well, me her account info. Well, that's interesting. Cage said it. Val and Kim wouldn't talk. So, of course, I send the two a message. I also feel Kim should know about the photos Ashley sent me. So that conversation never happened. I'll keep you guys posted. Next time on Hide and Seek. We had talked briefly about wanting to do an interview. Because we kept telling the police that it was not out here that night. But I did find out after the fact, well, it was. And I always trusted him. I always liked And then they'd go outside for a few minutes, and then they'd come back in, still fighting and carrying on. Do you know what they were fighting about? Thanks for listening to today's episode of Hide and Seek. If you'd like to take a more active role in the Hide and Seek community, come interact with us. Share your thoughts, opinions, and theories, 
in the Hide and Seek Podcast Discussion Group. Find us by searching Hide and Seek Podcast Discussion Group on Facebook.